It is the Big 12 Breakdown. Tyler Jones, Thomas Bridges here with you with a look inside the Big 12 Conference. And later on, we're going to talk to Carter Stanley. But right now, Tom, we begin our Big 12 Breakdown as we have done the last couple of weeks with our Big 12 Hot Takes. And for me, where where I'm going to start, last week I talked quarterback that I wasn't sold yet on Dylan Gabriel. Gabriel made me look bad. He played good, but even then, I still have concerns about his accuracy. So I still need to see more from Gabriel, but we'll we'll see what he puts together. My hot take this week, I'm going to stay in the quarterback situation, and this is going to set up well for when we're joined by Carter Stanley here in a moment. Um... I think right now, the best quarterback in the Big 12 Conference is in Lawrence, Kansas. Jalen Daniels is playing terrific. He's passing it well. He's running it well. That KU offense is is really just looking spectacular. And that Houston game, that's a tough defense. That's a tough defensive line. And it did not matter. They came back from 14 down. And just ran away with that game. And Jalen Daniels did it all. That's my hot take this week. Jalen Daniels, best quarterback in the Big 12 right now. What's your hot take for this week, Tom? Jones, my hot take involves a little bit of Big 12 and it involves a little bit of Big 10. My hot take this week, you heard it here first. Baylor is going to walk in to Ames, Iowa this weekend against a Matt Campbell-led Iowa State team. And they're going to blow the doors off of them. Iowa State's a three-point favorite. With all the drama with with Nebraska saying, "Oh, we like maybe Lance Leopold. We like Matt Campbell. We, you know, they've even I've even heard Chris Kleiman mention all that's going to rattle a little bit. Matt Campbell has some things to think about. I know he's one of the top candidates for that Nebraska job. You know, you get if you're an Iowa State fan, you say, "No, he's not leaving." He's not going anywhere. Be real with yourself and realize what position he's in. He could go straight west and and have a primetime job. Baylor walks into Ames this weekend and absolutely blows the doors off Iowa State. Okay. That's my hot take. Okay. I like it. Um, Looking at the uh, Big 12 slate of games this week, let's begin Thursday night football. West Virginia taking on Virginia Tech. Uh, West Virginia is a one and a half point favorite. Tom, um, West Virginia loses to Kansas a couple weeks ago, loses to their arch rival pit. Both those games very close, but you and I have made it known we are not fans of Neil Brown. Maybe you could even add this to the Big 12 hot take segment, but I don't think it's a hot take. I think I firmly believe this. Um, if West Virginia loses Thursday night, they will have a new head coach on Friday. I agree. I agree. I would have said the same thing, that this is a must-win for Neil Brown. Virginia Tech is no no hard or heavy hitter this year. They're not – this this Tech team is not who we they, – they're not who they used to be. Right. But you even know, if we do that, Tom, we say must win, you know, to keep his job for the next day. 
at that point still though, he's still just buying time, right? I mean, he's going right. to be gone. It's just not it's a matter of when, not if. Right. I mean, to keep his job this year, he's going to have to you know, he he's not going to he doesn't have to make I, I think for Neil Brown to keep his job at West Virginia, he's not going to necessarily have to make the Big 12 championship by any means. They don't have to necessarily go to Arlington, but they need to West Virginia, with the talent they have and with the time that Neil Brown's been given, they should be a 7-8 win team at least. Um, you know, at, at this point, and what we know about K-State so far, they should be, with the talent they have, especially, they, you know, they have uh, they have a great quarterback, um, they have a, a decent wide receiving core, and and they have a, they've had for the past couple of years a, a pretty good defensive line. They should be what K-State, what we expect out of K-State right now is what I think we've kind of should have come to expect from a West Virginia team. They should be, you know, fourth or fifth in the Big 12, making a bowl game, going out and winning it. Neil Brown has not lived up to that hype. Um, and, and, and if he doesn't get there this year, if he doesn't win this game, Jones, I, I think he probably knows it. And I, I think West Virginia fans know it too. This is a big game for West Well. Not necessarily for West Virginia, it is too, but recruiting purposes. But at the same time, if you're Neil Brown, you're walking into this game knowing I have to win this game. This is this is not a tech team that is intimidating. This right. is a Virginia Tech team you should beat. Right. Absolutely. Um, the Saturday slate of games. TCU takes on SMU. Dykes taking on his old team that he left, went across the metro from Dallas to Fort Worth. And that rubbed a lot of SMU folks the wrong way. The game is at SMU. I'm sure he's not going to get a very warm welcome. There's a lot of excitement around this game, Tom. I mean, in the DFW area, like this is going to be a sellout. I think it's already sold out. And the tickets for the TCU-SMU game on the secondary market are much higher than the tickets are for Texas A&M Arkansas right now. Like it, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg if you want to try to go to this TCU SMU game, which is just bizarre. But with that said, uh, TCU, TCU is better than I thought they were going to be at this point. They're two and zero, but this uh, this SMU team, Tom, got a lot to play for here. Rivalry game. Total trap game right here. Uh, I, I'd, I'd probably lean towards SMU in this matchup, quite frankly. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know what the spread is, honestly. I bet it's probably like what TCU by six and a half, five and uh, a half. Spread is a TCU by two. And oh, yeah. uh, I don't know what the status is of Chandler Morris, but it could be a battle of two former OU quarterbacks and uh, Morris and uh, Tanner Mordecai here. Yeah, it would be very interesting. And, and you know, I like what you said about SMU, though. This is definitely a trap game. This has, you know, you want to talk about Big 12 trap games uh, against non-Power 5 opponents. This is this has K-State, Tulane written all over for TCU and SMU. And, and even on a greater detail, because how, how far is the campus is? How far is TCU away from SMU? 30 minutes. Right. I mean, this is... You know, this is everything for SMU, and, you know, they have higher hopes in, in their conference. 
TCU knows that they're not going to go play in Arlington, most likely. Um, you know, granted, there's some pride for Sonny Dykes there, but this is a trap game for TCU. This is this is you know, if Gary Patterson's a coach, I feel better about TCU chances. Um, but you know, SMU is going to come play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Duke and KU. KU coming in as a seven and a half point favorite. First time they've been favored all year. One is an underdog three weeks in a row. And what what I'll say for this Kansas team now, you know, they have the nation's attention, right? You know, they were trying to hit college game day and all that, and and everything that's been talked about about this Kansas team this week, and everybody's been hyping them up, expecting a sellout crowd there in Lawrence. Um, what I would caution Lance Leipold and this Kansas team is, as Nick Saban would say, the rat poison. Like now that everybody's telling you you're all that in a bag of chips, how are you going to respond? Can you still go out there and dominate and not let that get to your head too much? You know, not, not buy into that because you know, they, they played that underdog role. Now you go from being the hunter to the hunted. I, I do wonder that. That's I look at this game, Tom, against Duke here. The only thing that can beat Kansas is themselves. Because on paper, they're better than Duke in every way here. Oh, of course they are. And and Jones, I'm more interested too. Obviously, I'm interested in seeing KU go four and zero. I'm really interested, Jones, and I, obviously you have the insider being a KU guy. What are, what are they saying in Lawrence? Is is the booth going to be packed out? Is it? It's a sellout. Okay. Yes, that's awesome. And and KU has no reason not to go win this game. And if they do, you know, I I think I like what you said about the rat poison too. And I'm sure Lance Leopold's has been, you know, has addressed that to say, well, you know, we we mentioned early on in the show, not uh, you know, we mentioned it earlier on with just me and you talking. I said, well, you know, one game at a time for KU. That's what it has to be. And Lance Leibold's done a good job of that so far, and he should continue to do that. I think he will. And and you're absolutely right. KU has no reason to be losing this game. Houston's yeah. a much tougher opponent than Duke will be. Yeah, for sure. Baylor and Iowa State. I don't know Iowa State right now. I know you beat Iowa. That was big. Even if Iowa is trash, and they are, beating your arch rival, ending that you know, losing streak was a big deal. And to be 3-0 and in September is very different for Iowa State. But I'm still waiting for them to really be tested here. And here it is with this Baylor team. Baylor, um, not a bad loss losing to BYU on the road. Late night game and all that. Not the end of the world. They lost that game there. Um, I, I give an edge to Baylor in this game. This looks like a good game. Baylor and Iowa State have produced some really good games over the years, Tom. Um, but for me, I, I, I feel I feel like I know Baylor more here than I do Iowa State. Even with the loss they suffered, it wasn't a bad loss. I feel better about Baylor. Yeah, so do I. And 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 I'm not even saying this because Baylor won the Big Twelve last year. Granted, it was by a couple of inches, but you know that being said. 
like I, I told you my hot take earlier, I'm going to stick by it. Um, I'll, you know, and, and, and if I'm wrong, I'll own up to it next week. You'll hear from me first. I'll, I'll start the segment off next week with me owning up to it. I, and, and if I'm right, I'll let you know I'm right. Cause I think I'm going to be Baylor's going to go into Ames and they are going to dismantle Iowa state. Iowa state's not going to be able to, to score with Baylor. Uh, Baylor, I still think, has something to prove. They didn't start off too hot against Texas State. They finished the second half very well. They ran the ball very well. Um, and I think they'll continue to do so against Iowa State. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned Matt Campbell as probably a little, you know, maybe a few ties, maybe a few rumors to go to Lincoln. Um, I don't know if that will be the difference or not. You mentioned we don't really know this Iowa State team. I'll tell you how we do know them. It's still September when they're going to play, and we know how Iowa State how Iowa State does in September. Um, you know their new quarterback is it, with Deckers has not been a bad. He's he's actually been good considering all things. You know it's Brock Purdy has big shoes to fill, and he he's done a pretty good job so far overall, uh, being brand new. But Baylor, I think, is going to walk into Ames, and they are going to try to make a statement. And I think Aranda's going to do so. Yeah, I think so. A uh, couple more here to uh, break down. Texas and Texas Tech. Texas potentially gets back Quinn Ewers this week. It felt like that UTSA game. And UTSA, I think, was better than people realize. You know, they've played some really good football over the last couple of years. That UTSA game was about survival, right? It was, okay, Hudson Carr's banged up. Ewers is out. And just getting beat up physically. And they won that. And they looked good. They, they did enough. Now you play Tech. You go on the road here, potentially get Quinn Ewers back. Tech had a nice win against Houston a couple weeks ago. They're a two and one football team here. Um, you know, if, if Texas is for real, uh, I, I think that this is one of those, Tom, that the next statement to be made here is a convincing win. If Texas has a convincing win, then when they meet with OU and Dallas in a, in a couple weeks, then all the noise will be ramped back up again. I mean, the the Alabama close game, recover against UTSA, now you get the convincing win here. Um, here we go. Yeah, Jones, I think you're absolutely right. And I'm curious if you'll agree with me here on this or not you know you're up against a tech team i believe this game is in lubbock yes and i believe it is is it a night game 230 kick okay so you're not playing at night in lubbock so that's cool uh you know because i mean it's weird tech at night it's, it's weird you're out in the you're you're yeah, way you out. Don't know if you're where the tortilla tortillas are coming from. Exactly. You know, I, it's just one of them things. Um, and you know, here's the deal for Texas: they do need a convincing win. It, it, I wouldn't call it convincing over UTSA. UTSA was up by a score and a half um, on t on Texas at one point in the first half. You know, and they relied on Bijan Robinson, rightfully so, to carry the load through the second half. And they got the job done. You barely lose to Alabama. And then in your previous game, sure, you took care of business against a cupcake. That's that's cool. 
Um, they do need a convincing win, maybe for the voters and things like that. But if I'm Texas right now, a lot of talk about Quinn Ewers being back. A lot of, a lot of saying, well, he's already back. He's already here. We're okay. We're fine. Hudson Carr is, is not a bad quarterback, but he's banged up too. But, no, we got Quinn Ewers ready to go. If, yeah. I'm, te- if I'm Texas, I'm not rushing Quinn Ewers back. You can beat Tech with Hudson Carr. You get out of Lubbock alive, even if it's not convincing, do not risk Quinn Ewers. You know, this is this is the difference between a you know, risking Quinn Ewers or getting by tech with Hudson Carr and being okay. And even if it's not very convincing, that's the difference between a Big Twelve championship and missing the cut. Yeah, I think so. K State and Oklahoma. Um K State, this team looked so bad last week after looking really good against Mizzou. That offense could not move the football. Adrian Martinez looked like the Nebraska Adrian Martinez. I'll say this. If Adrian Martinez plays that same way again, it's going to be ugly. Adrian Martinez has to move the football down the field. Chris Kleiman's a smart coach. He's He's a very good coach. And I think you have to push your quarterback to do that. If not... Oklahoma could do the same thing they did in Nebraska last week. Um, I expect Oklahoma to win this game. I think they're going to win this game with ease. But really, it comes down to what Adrian Martinez is going to do. If if Adrian Martinez is willing to push the football and doesn't turn the ball over, then we have an interesting game here. But if he either turns the ball over or doesn't push the ball down the field – Oklahoma's going to run him out of the building. Oh, no question. He looked like a nervous Nelly against Tulane, and that's the whole game on tape for OU to consider over another week. And not only OU, but for other Big 12 teams to see that tape on on K-State from, you know, a completely different team from the team that, that handed it to Mizzou, you know, compared to this game that they played – two lane in when you know we all said it was a trap game but i i didn't expect k state to cover but i did expect them to win last week and they didn't uh like i said that's a full game on tape jones they got to make some changes they don't have skylar thompson the wild card to come in and rescue them uh gotta get deuce vaughn more involved in some way right oh yeah i mean deuce vaughn's incredible gotta have him out there more oklahoma so good last week against Nebraska. Did everything right. Could have won by a lot more than what they did. Now, uh, for this this Oklahoma team, it's in their case, you don't have the letdown, right? You did what you you did. I mean, you put the country on notice last week. Now you, everybody's talking about, you know, Oklahoma's a playoff team and all this. Tom, I mean, you and I, I think we'd both agree. That's the most physical they've looked in a long time in a very long time, both sides of the football, especially in that defense. I haven't seen them punch a team like that in the mouth in a while, for sure. If Oklahoma is legit, that cannot be an anomaly. Like, games against K-State, some of these others, you got to keep on fighting. You got to keep on punching in the mouth here. No, can't back down now. Can't let that be a one-time thing. Yeah, you know what they're capable of now. I mean, they – 
you, you, you keep that same physicality up for the rest of the year. And, and then, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's difficult to keep that same physicality up and it's easy to get up for a robber game. Like even, even against a, a bad team like Nebraska, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to get up for because of the rivalry, but you keep the same intensity, the same physicality. Um, it'll be hard to top OU in the big 12. Yeah, I think so. More to come here on the uh, show as we will be joined by Carter Stanley to get his thoughts on the Kansas Jayhawks and uh, chat with him about what he's up to now in days. That is on the other side. Stay with us. Carter Stanley joins us next. We are so excited to have on the show this week former KU quarterback Carter Stanley as we're talking all about the 3-0 undefeated Kansas Jayhawks as Carter Stanley joins us right now. Carter, such a pleasure to have you on with us, man. I imagine you're uh, pretty excited about these Jayhawks right now. Yeah, yeah, Tyler, thanks for having me on. 3-0 definitely sounds good, and, no, it's been uh, been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Carter, before we dive in too much and uh, talk some football with you, what are you up to uh, these days, man? Uh, you're, uh, you're down in Florida now, right? Yeah, yeah, living down in Florida, living in uh, St. Petersburg, the uh, Tampa Bay area, and uh, working with UBS doing private wealth management. Liking it a lot, um, loving the area, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. So, uh, what's uh, what's been like out of football uh, a bit? You uh, you getting the itch to still be around the game uh, of some sorts? What's uh, what's that been like for you? Yeah, no, definitely get the itch. Um, it's funny. I was in my backyard a few weeks ago and it was, uh, it was like a weekday, probably around six o'clock and I heard some whistles blowing and sure enough, there was some youth football going on at a park about a quarter mile away from my house. And <clears throat> I walked over and, you know, thought about getting into it and, um, had some things going on at the time was studying for, uh, some exams with work, but, no, I, I definitely want to get involved with them at some point and, you know, any sort of football at, at any point, I'll, I'll accept it. What, uh, what level would you love to be involved in if you had to choose college, high school, maybe, you know, the, the junior levels, uh, what would be your idea if, if you, you got into maybe the coaching side of things? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a whole nother commitment. Like for where I'm at right now, it would just be, you know, definitely, uh, youth ball or something, or, or maybe helping out with a high school team. But, um, you know, if, if I were to make that my profession, I'd probably, <clears throat> excuse me, probably, uh, go to, I'd say probably the college side of it. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, well, and, and you're a natural leader. Uh, we saw uh, your time at Kansas and the way the guys rallied around you. Uh, I think that'd be, you'd be a terrific uh, coach, uh, Carter, if uh, you got the opportunity, that'd be great to see. So, so tell me this, uh, I mean, your time at Kansas, we, we know about what you guys did, you know, beating Texas and, and everything and going from David Beatty to Les Miles. I mean, this gap between when Mark Mangino left and now with Lance Leipold, I mean, you guys were, were, were paving the way for this moment. I mean, you might not be there, but I would imagine it's still rewarding to see the program headed this direction based on that foundation you guys laid there. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's awesome to see, regardless of um, you know, regardless of what happened throughout the years, whether you're a class of you know 2010 guy or a class of 2019 guy, it's 
I think all all Jayhawks are, and obviously even way before that, but <clears throat> I think all Jayhawks are proud to see what's going on right now and, you know, what uh, Travis Goff and uh, Coach Leipold and, and the rest of the staff has, has done. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, <clears throat> it, it's been great. Uh, no doubt about it. What, what do you, what, what's different that Lance Leipold is doing with this program and the talent on the field maybe than what we've seen with other coaches that have tried to do this before at KU? You know, it's, uh, it's really tough to tell not being, not being in the facility um, and, and seeing what they do on a daily basis. And, you know, even dating back to their whole off season with January, February, March, you know, those months and, and over the summer. And you just tell though, that those guys are fully bought in. Um, you know, they've, they've made their goals very clear and, uh, no, it's just awesome to see how efficiently they've uh, they've been first three games. Jalen Daniels uh, has certainly been impressive uh, so far at this point. What do you make of what he's been able to put together for this KU team? Yeah, I mean, speaking of efficient, he's it's been about as good as they come so far, and uh, it's been awesome to see just with how they finished the year last year, twenty twenty one. It was definitely encouraging, and you know, I think those guys took that momentum and. You know, they <clears throat> certainly haven't missed a beat so far this year. And it's been incredible just to see his talent mixed with, uh, you know, the coaching and, and the scheme. And, you know, they've uh, they've looked really sharp. Yeah, uh, he's been really good. And, and the offense, the way that they've just moved as a whole, I mean, uh, what a collective unit there. Uh, what, what do you think of this uh, this offensive group? Awesome to watch. Um, you know, I, I love the scheme personally. And um, it's it really stands out to me how they've been able to establish the run and that's so huge. And it all starts up front too. It's that those, the offensive linemen, they've been doing a great job and um, it's, it's awesome to see. It's, it's not like they're necessarily, you know, out physicaling these other teams. It's it just a lot of it is technique and leverage and um, you know, top to bottom. It's, it's been great. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the, the talent of the field, uh, who are some of the guys that stand out to you besides Jalen Daniels when you're watching this team? Who uh, who grabs your eye, catches your attention here? Yeah, I'd say uh, say the center Nowitzki. I apologize yeah. if I'm you know pronouncing that wrong, but uh, Nowitzki and Big Earl, left tackle Earl Bostic, uh, the, the two big guys up front. They've been great. Obviously, the uh, the running backs, not only De or not only Devin Neal, but also. Um, you know, Highshaw, Morrison, Tory Lachlan, and uh, Kai Thomas. I mean, it's, they got about five guys that could produce from that position. And also the receivers as well. I, I love watching uh, Luke Graham and um, Lawrence Arnold. And I mean, shoot, tight ends as well while we're at it. But no, it's uh, it's been awesome to see. I think they had 11 players catch a pass um, last weekend and just goes to show you how how much they can spread it around. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, this system, fast pace, a lot of points. Uh, Carter, is this the type of system? Would you love to play it in this, uh, this system we're seeing from uh, Lance Leifold here? Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it looks like uh, they definitely have their staple and, and base plays down, but I feel like any given play, and I've told a few people this, but I feel like any given play, they could draw out, you know, kind of a uh, gadget play or a trick play and you know, it's something new every week. So, uh, no, it's been it's been really fun to watch, and I would have loved to play in it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm hearing, you know, at, at 3-0, and uh, everything's on the table, right, when it comes to 
you know, going to a bowl game or, uh, you know, how many wins this team could accomplish here. Uh, what, what would you like to see? I mean, uh, realistically, what, what would be this season? It already feels like it's been a success, but how far do you think this team could potentially go, Carter? Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to say, and uh, I don't want to jinx anything, but, you know, I think those guys are just going to take it week by week. And, you know, if they do that, then, you know, truly the sky's the limit. And I think they could shock a lot of people and we could look up at the end of the year and, and be looking at a top 25 football team, to be honest with you. But um, with that being said, it's the Big 12. Every single week from here on out, you're going to be playing really good competition, whether it's home or away. And, uh, you know, I, I hope those guys just take it week by week, enjoy the whole process. And, you know, at this rate, definitely hoping for a bowl game. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll take it week by week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when, when you look at the rest of this Big 12, I mean, there's some good teams in this league here. Uh, what, what matchups intrigue you? You know, I, I, obviously the Texas game stands out, but what are, what are some things here you think where, where KU could, could make some noise here? Yeah, so, it, you know, it definitely starts, obviously we got this week against Duke um, before we really get into the, the conference play, but um, not to take anything away from from these teams, but I think Iowa State and, and maybe TCU, um, you know, they're, they're maybe not as, as good as what they have been in, in recent years. And I think that could be a big opportunity for us to uh, take advantage of games like that, especially with how we're playing right now. And there's certainly a rough stretch in the middle there of, of just tough games. And, you know, I know those guys will be ready for it, but I think it's uh, at Oklahoma, at Baylor, and then I think Oklahoma State at home. But like I said, it's the Big 12. You're going to play good teams and, um, you know, can't really single out a, a single opponent, but yeah. they'll uh, they'll be ready. Well, and uh, for those that don't know, Carter, I mean, what what Lance Leipold walked into, of not even having spring ball last year and this being his first full year, on top of what he inherited from Les Miles and Jeff Long, you know, leaving and everything, I mean, what, what did – he walk into here. I mean, it's amazing how quickly he's been able to, to turn this thing around like this. Yeah, no, it is incredible. Also, um, you know, just crazy. Cause that, that whole 2020 season, uh, coach miles last year, combination of, of COVID and, um, you know, a lot of guys in that graduating class that they lost. And, you know, that, that whole 2020 year was just kind of felt weird. So after that, um, you know, they have spring ball and then they decide to move on from coach miles. So it, it was just kind of a weird time overall. And, you know, I, I feel like the roster and, and the program really wasn't in a good place at all. And for them to come in last year without a spring ball and, you know, obviously in the win loss record, it wasn't great, but if you're, if you're watching every Saturday, you know, it was more than j just the last three games. It was really kind of the last, you know, five or so I'd say that, they looked really sharp and um, you could just see improvement every single week. So it's been incredible. I think those guys have just fully bought into the system and, you know, that helps a lot when you got a, a coach like coach Lightbold and his staff that's been together for so long and just that continuity that they have, this isn't their first time, you know, building a program and it's been uh, really encouraging to see. Well, correct me if I'm wrong here, Carter, but there's some guys on this team that, uh, that you you played with even uh, Luke Graham, some of the others here. I mean, uh, what's it like seeing some of these guys just 
guys you played with being able to, to cheer them on like this seems succeed like that. I imagine that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's been awesome. It's uh, it's funny. It makes me feel old now, but uh, most of the guys are definitely freshmen, maybe redshirt freshmen. Um, and also it helps that they had the COVID year to kind of count as an extra redshirt. But no, it's it's so cool remembering some of those guys, what they looked like when they were 18 years old um, and, and seeing them now. It's, you know, kind of night and day and, you know, to see that they've stuck it out that long and, you know, kind of see the uh, the fruits of their labor produce. It's It's been really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, Carter, I, I, I got to ask you, you know, since we have you here and everything, uh, I, I want to go back in time a little bit, you know, your, your story and everything. When you look back at your time at KU and, uh, I mean, you won some big games. We mentioned, you know, breaking the, uh, the road conference record against Boston College and beating Texas and everything. I mean, what stands out to you about your time at, at, at KU? And, and uh, we mentioned your building, laying this foundation for what these guys have now. What, what was your time at KU like? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, tough to, you know, really say one moment kind of, but I love the whole process. And, and we all knew what we had the opportunity to do, you know, as, a, as players, whether it was uh, guys that were seniors early on or, or guys that were younger, we all knew that, you know, there was going to be one class that was, that was going to turn this thing around. And, you know, we were all trying to be that, that class or that team. And, you know, it's tough to say that, you know, if that occurred or not, but no, I, I think, uh, I think we definitely had the passion, had the heart and, um, you know, it's, it's so awesome to see that they got coach Leipold in there now. And those guys are truly bought in and, you know, as former players, it's been, it's been awesome to watch. I'm in a group message with a lot of those guys and, we're all fired up every Saturday watching those guys play. So, oh yeah, that's awesome. And and in your career, I mean, you were you were the starting quarterback when they beat Texas the first time, and went toe to toe with UT and Austin came up a little bit short. But uh, I think every KU fan remembers you throwing the horns down and everything. <laughs> I mean, what were those games like going up against Texas and? beating them and then coming up so close that that game in Austin there, uh, I believe it was the next year after. Yeah, no, that was uh, a lot of fun. You know, a lot of, a lot of good games with them. Um, it, it always seemed to be a good game with them because I remember the year we beat them 2016 coach Beatty kind of asked our team like in the walkthrough uh, before, I think the day before the game, he just pretty much asked like, how many of you guys are from Texas and, you know, one third of the, the players hands go up and how many of you guys were offered by Texas? And it was maybe like one or two guys. And, you know, he just said, if that doesn't give you enough motivation, you know, I don't know what will. And, you know, playing against those guys in 2016, it was just definition of a team effort. Um, defense killed it. I think we had like five turnovers, uh, fish mission, um, Brandon Stewart, with the pick six and you no know, 2016 game was awesome and uh definitely a good battle in 2019 as well that was that was a fun one having my high school buddies there for the first time watching me play in college and um obviously came up short in the end but definitely a uh, memorable memorable game well and uh you know your your era there not only beating texas but the boston college win was big i mean the central michigan win was big for you guys too i mean there, there was some things in your time at KU, some uh, 
streaks that were finally broken. I mean, some weight lifted of, of sorts that you guys were able to accomplish there. Yeah, there's always felt good. Um, you know, I, I think 2018, there was kind of a, uh, a streak there in the beginning where we felt good about, you know, a lot of those games. It was like you mentioned the central Michigan game and, um, you know, to, to break that road losing streak that felt great come out the next week and we played Rutgers. And uh, I think that maybe broke. Uh, no, I, I guess not, but no, we, we played a good game against Rutgers. I think it was like 55 to 10 or 13 or something. And, you know, unfortunately only got one more win the rest of the year against TCU in a good game, but no, those, those games felt good because you put so much work in the off season and, you know, you're doing it with the guys that, uh, you know, you've been with for three or four years at that point, and to see it pay off, it definitely feels good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. The uh, the talent you played with, you were around some good players that have turned out to have, uh, you know, decent careers in the pros. I mean, the, the likes of, you know, Khalil Herbert, Puka Williams, you know, those are just off the top of my head here. I mean, some, some of the guys you played with ended up uh, – you know, going on to, to have uh, some, some nice careers elsewhere after Kansas. Yeah, no, I, I definitely keep in touch with those guys. Uh, you know, Steven Sims, Dorrance yeah. Armstrong, Daniel Wise, Keem Adenogy. Um, You know, there, there's been a few guys that were in the NFL for a little bit, maybe not be right now currently, but um, no, it's been, it's been awesome to see and flipping on the TV on Sundays, watching, you know, any given NFL game and seeing some Jayhawks in there. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that, that's terrific. And when when you look at at this year's KU team too, and some of these players, uh, you know, Carter, I, I don't know about you. I look at these guys and I see whether it's the Devin Neals of the world. I mean, they're going to continue on that track. There's going to be even more KU guys, I think, going to the league here. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know I, know, I know Coach Leipold and his staff. They've definitely put some guys in the NFL um, when they were at Buffalo and. Um, you know, not saying that KU is, you know, crazy more talented than what the roster they had at Buffalo was right now. But, you know, they definitely got some guys on that roster right now. And, um, you know, whether it's just physical appearance, like passing the eye test or, you know, actually putting together the film, um, they definitely have a number of guys. Yeah, for sure. Carter, uh, we got a few more minutes left with you here. So I want to ask you, Kansas now has the coach. Uh, that's great to see. Now, beyond that, of, you know, building this program and taking the next steps, what's the next things that uh, that KU needs to do to, to continue on this track? What do they need to invest in as a program to continue on this uh, trajectory here? Yeah, I mean, I think for the immediate time being, it just uh, continuing what they're doing week to week basis and taking care of business for 60 minutes on a football field and you know, you do that, uh, a lot of it will take care of itself afterwards. Then, you know, then we could talk about, you know, new stadium renovations. I know a lot of people are, are looking into that and, um, you know, some other things. But I think just from a week-to-week -week basis, buying into Coach Leipold and, and these assistant coaches in the program, I think uh, that's going to take care of a lot. When you were there, uh, that's when the practice facility was built. Uh... How big of a change was that? Just just having an indoor facility uh, in, in your time there. Yeah, no, that was huge. That was uh, that was really really nice to have. We we got that um, I think in the winter of 2019, 
Um, so like right before winter workouts and spring workouts of my, my fifth year, senior year. And, um, I know the Anderson family was, was heavily involved in a donation that, you know, allowed that to happen. And, you know, we're, uh, we're super thankful for that because, you know, there was several times where we're out on the game field at 5am doing workouts and it's 20 degrees outside and freezing and, you know, just miserable, but you got a hundred guys out there that are running sprints and doing a full workout. So to have a uh, brand new indoor facility, that was super nice, obviously for the football aspect of it too, for practices, especially in fall camp, it's nice to keep those, those players safe and, and uh, not overheated. So, yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think facilities, like I said, if they keep on winning and, and taking care of business, a lot of that will, uh, will kind of come about. One question uh, I think that's on the minds of, uh, you know, KU fans or alums that see where this program's headed and want to get involved in some way, shape, or form, but maybe wondering how, what would, what would you ask of alums or fans that say, you know, hey, I want to invest in this program? What can they do to be a part of this and take this thing to the next level? Yeah, I'd say first things first, uh, you know, just, back in the stadium on Saturdays that that goes it's it's such a you know how do I how do I word this it's it doesn't go unnoticed at all that's for sure um but it's it's it seems like such a little thing that goes such a long way for those players you know playing the games and you look up and you see a packed house that that just means the world of those guys and and obviously overall with the revenue of the program that helps but um, you know, with NIL now, that's, that's a, that's a new thing. And I don't know, as far as, uh, the details of contributions for that, but you could definitely get involved. Um, I know recently they, they allowed, uh, NIL deals for the players where you could just something as simple as buy the players jerseys and, you know, a big portion, if not all the money goes to the players there. So, you know, just little things like that to support. And, um, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, the future. Well, and, you know, with basketball coming off this national championship, uh, you know, the, the, the two programs can only make each other better. I mean, uh, I know people think of Kansas, you know, maybe outside, outside think of it as such a, you know, basketball school and everything here. But, I mean, I've been so impressed. I mean, the leadership and everything, I mean, they're all in putting football as a priority right up there with basketball, it seems, Carter. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, another thing that Travis Goff has done so well. And, you know, obviously basketball coming off of a national championship, it's uh, been an incredible time just to be a, a Jayhawk sports fan in general. And, um, you know, just even so freshly off of a national championship, the amount of buzz that's going around the football program, that just goes to show you how excited, you know, Jayhawks everywhere are about the potential of a good football team in general. And, uh, you know, I always thought my whole time out there that it wasn't, you know, it's not like they're just diehard. They are diehard basketball fans, but it's not strictly basketball. You know, they were just dying for a good football team. And so any, any sort of glimpse that we had, whether it was just single game performance or maybe had a, a stretch of a few games where we'd put a good product on the field, they, uh, they would definitely make it known that they're supporting and, and they'd be uh, loud and proud. Last question. We'll end on this, Carter. Uh, if you were on this Kansas team or maybe even taking it back to when you were a player and we talked about some of these games ahead and 
how big they are. You know, Oklahoma and Texas on their way out of the conference and how fun it's been to beat Texas over the last couple of years. Or <laughs> whether it's the rivalry with K-State and, you know, it's been a while since KU's won that game. What, what game would be the most important or the one that you would want to win? I mean, what, what game do you think would mean a little more than, than maybe the others maybe uh, if, if you had to choose? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll say three. You know, number one for sure would be last game of the year at K-State. You know, that, that'd be huge to win. Um, like, are you kidding me? If, if we go to their place and, and win that game this year, that would just be incredible to watch. Um, I think KU'd be pretty decent favorites right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, who knows? It's That's what I'm saying. It's uh, shaping up like it could be a, a really good matchup this year. You know, they're always going to bring it, um, K-State, and uh, that would be a great one. But, no, obviously at Oklahoma, that would be another one. That would be great with them going to the SEC. Is it next year they're, they're joining? Uh, they're saying 2025 right now, but, I mean – We'll find out when we find out. That could change any day. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that that definitely be a great one. Um, send them off with that, and then uh, obviously Texas coming. I think uh, November nineteenth. That'd be a great one as well. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, I think I'm going to be there. Carter might be there. And, uh, hopefully, we see a uh, KU win there to uh, get uh, get things done and send Texas out. Uh, Carter, yeah. before we go. Where can uh, people reach out to you and find you uh, where, where you're at and everything these days? Keep up with what you're doing, man. Yeah. Um, just uh, actually just started a new Twitter account because I got hacked back in like January. I think it was oh. the old, uh, yeah, the KU basketball player or it was someone acting like it was his account. But uh, no, I'm on Twitter. It's uh, at Carter underscore Stanley nine um, Instagram as well. Underscore stand nine and um, yeah, not not too not overly active except on Saturdays for that Jayhawk game. But uh, yeah, I guess that's where you can find me. Awesome stuff, Carter. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, excited to see the Jayhawks continue to keep on winning this year. I'm sure we'll be uh, talking down the line. Appreciate you joining us, man. Yeah, Tyler, I really appreciate it, man. Go on.